from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week we're talking about life lessons from an iconic franchise, also known as The Book of Diesel. I'm now imagining a pastor saying, I need y'all to turn to page <laughs> Ecclesius of the Book of Diesel. <laughs> We're also going to be talking about cultural moments that define generations. JFK dying, OJ speeding down the highway, and Rosie O'Donnell fighting with Elizabeth Hasselbeck on the field. Yeah, because those are equally weighted. Yes. Pretty much. Well, I didn't say the Twin Towers. I could have gone there. Oh! But I did. And we're also going to talk about how these toddlers on the internets are giving us life. And giving us things to think about, too. Exactly. And giving us content for this podcast. <laughs> yes. Most important of all. Most importantly. <laughs> keep it up, kids. So, fellas, as we are constantly at pains to point out on this podcast, humans, like ourselves, are very capable of holding complementary or opposing opinions. Am I right? We contain multitudes. Mm -hmm. You can like many things and you can hold them within yourself in a way that isn't necessarily contradictory and you can drink from the wells of high culture and low culture. It's our whole thing. It's what we do. In other words... You can love Nabokov, but you can also love Jackass. And in this spirit, allow me to offer this passionate, spirited defense of one of my all-time favorite movie franchises. Yes, it's The Fast and the Furious. Oh, God. It sure is. Don't be like that. They're so good. Okay, just uh, before I launch into this, good. why don't you like them? Okay, because first of all, is it not the same movie over and over again? Yes! Therein lies its joy. What? (laughs) You watch the same movie seven times? Yes! With a slightly different spin oh, and a slightly different okay, cast so each one, time. It's the same movie over and over again. Two, I wasn't interested in the plot line that much in, to begin with, and you're going to do it seven times. It wasn't repeatable. Also, once you got Lil Bow Wow involved, I just, I was done. Oh, <laughs> I can only tolerate so much. Okay? Also, I get enough of Tyrese on social media saying crazy things. I don't whoa, need to watch whoa, him on whoa, screen. Whoa, whoa. Okay, well, let's just separate the art from the artist. Yeah. All right? Okay? Wow, we're and getting into it Tyrese today. Tyrese is an artist. The only redeeming folks, Paul Walker, mm, rest in peace. I got bad news about that one. And, okay, and Ludacris. That's it. It's a teenage franchise, right? I feel like if I went to the movie theater, it would be me and like 15 oh. through 19-year-olds sitting there. No. Ouch. I am 31 years old, Jamitra. <laughs> and I'm happy to tell you that. I'm right. not going to have Have you seen age. it in the theaters or do you watch it at home? Both. <laughs> okay, explain. <laughs> Convince me why I should love. Emmanuel, you're very quiet. I just have nothing to contribute because I haven't seen any of them. What? Not even like, oh, come on. Not Everybody's any. seen okay. at least one. Macho guys, fast cars. Family, family, family. We're family. Yeah, that's it. That's There's it. a conflict got it. that yeah. arises. Then we drive our fast cars to fix it. Right. The end. My only contribution can be the only drag race that I care about is RuPaul's. Um, I, I gonna, knew you I were going to say that. that. <laughs> it's going to be a Greece reference of some sort. But yeah. Okay. Well, with that in mind, I'm going to present this through the lens of something I know you two will appreciate. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm listening. The language of self-help. Yes. Give it to me. <laughs> And self-betterment, because I think the continued success of this movie and this franchise contains a lot of lessons for the common folk, such as our good selves. The title I'm giving it is 
the book of diesel. <laughs> Life lessons from the fast and the furious. Preach that gospel. Okay. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to put in the sound. No, we're keeping this. I like this better than sound effects. Okay. Take the work seriously, but never yourself. I do not agree. And I'm going to tell you why all eight movies of the Fast and the Furious franchise evince this. Okay, because action movies do not get the credit they deserve. Mm. It is like no makeup makeup. Great action movies never show you like how they're working and like what's under the hood. Yes, that was a car metaphor. They make it look effortless when you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is so dumb and so stupid and things are blowing up. But gosh, I'm enjoying it. That's the point. To paraphrase Dolly Parton, it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. That's one of my favorite quotes of all time. And it takes a, a lot of smart work to appear this stupid, guys. I'm deadly serious, like enjoyably stupid. It's really hard to do. And the reason that this franchise gets away with it is because these movies always know what they are and what you're here for. They know what the audience wants. You want awesome car chases. You want Vin Diesel growling the word family constantly. And you want a bit with a woman starts a drag race with two flags and yells, go! See, I don't want any of those things. That's my problem (laughs) with me and this franchise. (laughs) So take the work seriously, but never yourself. But also please ignore the fact that Vin Diesel is rumoured to take himself very seriously. (laughs) Stories abound of his onset diva-ish behaviour. See, now you just, that's one more strike against the film. Anyway, side note, anyway, that disproves my point. Okay, number two. (laughs) Borrow from the best. (laughs) Don't reinvent the wheel. Oh, God. Plagiarize Michelle Obama's I was going to say, yeah, that's yeah. what, yes. Wait, no, wait. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. It's allowed. As the ever-wise AV Club notes, the first Fast and the Furious movie is literally just a remake of another movie. Oh. It's only my other favorite stupid action movie, Point Break. Oh. And it is. It's a young, impressionable FBI agent who infiltrates a gang of, like, lovable rogues and gets taken under the spell of, like, a charismatic leader and hijinks are ensuing. It's the same film. And it does things with enough pizzazz and the stunts are great and it has the good grace to change things up slightly. It works just fine. Okay, so life lessons so far. Borrow from the best. Don't take myself too seriously. Uh Uh-huh. Plagiarize everyone. Yes. Yep, yep. Or plagiarize only the greats. I'm going right. to say borrow from the best. Okay. I think that's the better t-shirt. <laughs> Put your own spin on things and watch your own eight-part franchise unfold. Okay. Aren't you excited? You don't seem excited I'm, by the book of Diesel. I, I'm excited about the franchise part, not about watching Vin <laughs> Diesel for seven movies. Okay. Life lesson number three. <laughs> Diversity is strength. And I'm I, gonna, I agree. I, I'm going to get serious for a second here. This okay, is a I'm very listening. serious point. Any time some fool tries to tell you that it's not the fault of like Hollywood filmmakers that there aren't more movies with diverse casts because only movies with tons of white people in them make money, look into their face and say, Fast and the Furious, dude. <laughs> dude, they do say that. Important. Say that to them. Because the last two movies in this franchise each made over one billion dollars worldwide. That's a lot of money. And I don't think those people are buying tickets just to go and see Kurt Russell. All right? It's true. Almost everyone I can think of that's in this franchise is a person of color. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. With the exception of Paul Walker. He's dead. He's no longer longer with us. But he's so handsome still. But like these movies, like they put not one but two black male actors in like the central crew and they trust the audience not to like find that quote unquote too confusing. (laughs) 
I'm so confused. Is a person of color and power? Uh, this is another one. <laughs> I will note, though, it's a good job that 16 years have passed since the first film came out in 2001, and nobody now remembers that the name of the big street racing party in the desert that they they had in the first movie, the name of the party was called Race Wars. <gasps> But nobody remembers that, Too so much. it's fine. Are they still using it? Have they just been like, uh, yeah, no, like, oh, let's distance just, ourselves. They just put let's that under the rug. file that away yeah. with the survivor season that pitted <laughs> races against each other on different tribes. It, those were the times. And in case you're wondering, an Asian won everything. Second place, Latinos. Sorry, white people. Yeah. You, you suck. Sorry. <laughs> Number four. <laughs> Never forget family, guys. At the end of the day, family is really what matters. Aren't we always told that? Yes. Yeah. Biological and chosen, yes. Yeah, and yes. you know it matters in the Fast and the Furious franchise because they say the word family and talk about family constantly in this adrenaline-packed world. <laughs> you're not just friends or colleagues in like the world's weirdest office. You are family. And is Vin Diesel going to betray you as his family? No, Never. he's not. Apart from in the most recent movie, which is literally what he does. Oh, man. Sorry to spoil what? it. What? Come yeah, on, yeah. cuz. Fate of the Furious, guys. Conflict ah. is drama. Is that fate with a F and then a number eight? It is not. It should have been. It should have been, but that's the name of a Facebook conference. Again. <laughs> actually, the website Insider actually uh, counted the number of times that someone says the word family oh. across the eight movies. And they only got 33, which seems to me way too low. Across all the movies? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Have a little listen. Okay. You want to make this family whole again? You don't turn your back on family. Your code is about family. This is your family. Almost killed my family. Hosting his family in the Dominican Republic. You need to stop him before he does any more damage to our family. I don't have friends. I got family. Ohana means family. There's always room for family. He's right. We're family. Number five. <laughs> Last lesson. He's still with me, guys. Uh, I'm still here. <laughs> From the book of Diesel. Don't be afraid to evolve. Says the franchise that can't let go. <laughs> well, it's organically growing with each movie, Jamidra. Okay, I'm with you. You've only seen the first two. They're not as good. But the first movie, they're like scrappy, plucky, like L.A. kids who are racing by day and heisting by night. I think they're like stealing DVD players or mm -hmm. something. It's like really low-level crime. And there's a lot of scenes with like Paul Walker and Vin Diesel chatting and drinking Corona at barbecues mm -hmm. like regular humans. They've got a yeah. grill. They're firing they're it like up. like they're palm trees. I mean, let's go steal some <laughs> DVD players, hit the barbecue, grab a Corona. That sounds like L.A. living to me. Indeed. Yes. Yes. And as the franchise evolves, like, gradually the stunts become like way more and more outlandish. And now we're at this kind of crazy stage where these formerly normal, fragile human bodies can now drive a car out of a skyscraper in Abu Dhabi and like through a window and then through the air and then into another skyscraper in Abu Dhabi and then stop without dying. Or they can parachute the car out of a plane or they can like outdrive a submarine on a frozen lake in Siberia. And That's you know what? a long way from the barbecue. I believe it. I believe it, guys, because they do. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I believe Tokyo. it because you believe it so much. <laughs> Side note, apparently someone once asked the director of these movies, like they were like, these stunts are getting really outrageous. I mean, is it just going to get to the stage where like they're driving cars on the moon and they meant it as a joke? And apparently he was just like, you know, if the story was right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long do you think they can keep this going? Indefinitely. I mean, guys, it's been 16 years. I have an idea for the 10th one. Okay. Oh. So on the poster, okay. it's just... A number one, and then for the zero, 
it's the moon, and they do the moon it's idea. The moon. Mm. It's kind of like a Moonraker, Fast and yeah. Furious Send mashup. Send the fee for marketing advice too. <laughs> it's a small step for <laughs> for barbecues. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and Corona. A huge leap for this franchise, yes. I would say. Guys, if they go to the moon, they probably wouldn't even be wearing spacesuits. That's like how bad this they would be. I mean, they've yeah. evolved, like you said. They have. They don't need oxygen anymore. No. I sense from your disbelieving faces that the Book of Diesel has not convinced you. Mm. I, I, if anything, Charlize Theron will convince me. I might go see it. I might see it for her. Just, yeah, go and see that. She plays this like badass woman called Cypher. Just overlook the fact that she has white dreads. Throughout. Oh, oh no. We're done. We're done. <laughs> oh, says the guy who went to see Ghost in the Shell recently. We don't talk about that. <laughs> White dreads, you really buried the lead on that one. <laughs> I was hoping no one would mention it, but then I did. So there you go. I mean, if, if I can't convince you, I can't convince you guys. But you know why I'm disappointed? Because hmm. we're family. Aww. <laughs> So, certain historical events leave a mark. Mm, this is true. Some even go on to define an entire generation. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking JFK, mm-hmm. you know, where were you when he was shot? Oh, God, I remember it so keenly. Where were you when Obama won his election in mm-hmm. 2008? Where were you when Kurt Cobain died? Where were you when OJ sped off in a Bronco down the freeway? We can't shake these moments because they change the landscape of history and culture and all of that. But not all iconic historical moments are created equal. Mm. Oh, God, what are you about to say? (laughs) (laughs) There are macro events, like the ones I mentioned, Mm -hmm. that affect a grand swath of people. But then there are smaller, less significant events that only stick in the minds of a select few. Are you talking about the Carrie Hilson Beyonce view? (laughs) (laughs) No, that affects everyone. (laughs) Are you talking about when Jerry left the Spice Girls? Oh. That's a dagger in my heart. You know that affects me and like three other people. Still, still hurting. My question to you guys is, do you remember where you were on May 23rd, 2007? Um, I was, I think I was graduating from college around that. Yeah, same season. Well, I was in front of a television. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, you squirted with your education. I was watching The View. Mm -hmm. And on this particular day, Rosie O'Donnell and former Survivor contestant, Oh, I know who you're going to say. Slash conservative pundit Elizabeth Hasselbeck mm-hmm. yelled in each other's faces for a good while. I have never heard of this. This led to the show's first use of a split screen, and it precipitated Rosie's premature exit from the show. Mm-hmm. Hang on. So they had they had a fight of such magnitude that Rosie yes. O'Donnell left her own show. Well, they got a little tense after that. In a nutshell, daytime television had never been so radical and so mm-hmm. real. So I remember it like it's yesterday, okay. and I'm going to give you the backstory so you can be with me on this page and be equally as effective. Oh, this is like one of those Vanity Fair oral histories, mm-hmm. <laughs> which were not what I initially thought they were. <laughs> You're like, ooh, I could get into this. Oh, oh it's and, just about the making of the Sopranos. And, just words. And oh. if it was if it was a regular column in Cosmopolitan, it probably would be something else. Hey, yeah. now. Mm. God, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> They can have that one for free. No, they no, no, don't give anything away for free. Least of all that. Send your check to P.O. Box. No. <laughs> Ooh, fancy pants got a P.O. Box. So here's some backstory. Okay. In case you don't know, Rosie O'Donnell made a name for herself in movies like A League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. Love it. The Flintstones. Uh-huh. Yabba dabba don't. Watch one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sleepless in Seattle. She was in Sleepless in Seattle. Yes, yeah. she was Meg Ryan's best friend. You know, I've never seen it. It's great. But also, it would never happen these days because people just like pop a pill when they're sleepless. They don't call into a radio show and fall in love. Nope. Mm. Well, that, nobody calls into a radio show. He's on Tinder. So that's a, we can do right. a remake with Tinder. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I would just like to revise my statement that nobody calls into radio shows anymore <laughs> considering where we work. <laughs> and Harry the Spy, which impacts me every day. But with her talk show, The Rosie O'Donnell Show, mm-hmm. she really shot to fame like, you might say, a koosh ball arcing into a studio audience because she liked to throw those in there. Mm. I don't think you got her show in England, so it's, it's a, a whole thing. It's, a ball. it's this little ball that has like little like finger things off of it, and it's fun to like throw. Oh, at it's like a like a um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just totally lost command of the English language. Though. Glad we covered that. Yep. Anytime. She came to be known as the Queen of Nice, and back then she kept conversations with her celebrity guests very like light and fluffy. Really. She was still in the closet, so she played up her love for Tom Cruise all the time. Mm. She tried to help. I forgot about that moment in pop culture history. Yes. There was a time when Ellen and Rosie were both pretending to be straight. And it was like, uh, yes, the world was not the same. No. She tried to help people with scholarships, donations, and gifts. She sang show tunes. She geeked out on Barbara Streisand. Basically, she did everything Ellen now gets to do Mm -hmm. thanks to Rosie's Trailblazing. Oh, she laid the foundations. This is genuinely blowing my mind that Rosie O'Donnell was ever once perceived as really nice. Because right. now I know her as, you know, kind because of Because of the moment. event that we're going to talk yeah. about. This is genuinely fascinating. Yes. So after the Rosie show ended in 2002, Rosie left the limelight to focus on her family. But it wasn't long before people in the industry were like, oh, we want you back because daytime TV is not doing as well. Specifically, her childhood hero, Barbara Walters, mm-hmm. who's like, please come on The View. Things are a little stagnant around here. We just lost Star, who was all the drama, <sighs> and Meredith Vieira and stuff. So we need new blood. And we want that to be you, Rosie. And Rosie looked up to Barbara Walters from childhood. Her mom died when she was young. So she had these like idols like Barbara Streisand and Barbara Walters. You are going so deep here, and I love it. I know everything about her because, as I've said on the show before, we're Twitter friends. Oh. <laughs> um, also, I've read all of her books of poetry. She has books of poetry? Yeah. So much. You're teaching us so much today. Yeah. Clearly. So she agrees to go on The View. But the Rosie that showed up in 2006 is not the same Rosie that America was accustomed to. Oh, shit. By this point, she was no longer in the closet. Mm-hmm. She was an out and proud lesbian. She also was no longer afraid to speak her mind on issues she didn't touch on in her previous show, mm-hmm. namely politics. And this is during the years of George W. Bush and the Iraq War. So she had opinions. These were, And these were touchy times, I'm telling you. Yeah, Dixie Chicks. Exactly. That, huh? Hashtag Dixie Chicks. Yeah career ruined. So her stint on The View was filled with drama at every turn. Fox News regularly attacked her on her views on everything. Donald Trump Mm -hmm. attacked her for bringing up his bankruptcies and inheritance. Here's a quote from him about Rosie during this time. Quote, a woman out of control. Rosie will rue the word she said. I'll most likely sue her for making those false statements, and it'll be fun. Rosie's a loser, a real loser. I look forward to taking lots of money from my nice, fat, little Rosie. The two of them have a history, a very long Yes, history. and it begins here. Yeah. I guess he hadn't come up with the term fake news or nasty woman yet, mm-hmm. because yeah. this, this was like the rough draft. Yes, the seeds are there. So on top of Donald Trump and Fox News, she also had to contend with Elizabeth Hasselbeck, who was directly across from her at the table. And rumor has it, 
that the executive producer at the time, this man named Bill Getty, was a staunch conservative and would feed Fox News talking points to Elizabeth every morning before they went on of like, okay, what does the party think? How I do mean, you defend Bush? She was the token conservative on the show at the time. Like yeah. she, her whole reason for being there was to present that viewpoint. Saying off the wall things yeah. all the time. So they would get into it a lot. This resulted in numerous news cycles of Rosie being the alleged bully in the situation, Mm -hmm. who's like antagonizing Hasselbeck, who's this innocent, pretty, conservative, blonde girl. The Los Angeles Times wrote an article called The Queen of Nice Goes Nuts. Nuts is a strong word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Elizabeth was pregnant for this particular season of the show did not necessarily help the optics of the situation, Mm -hmm. where anytime they would get into an argument, it's like, oh, she's yelling at a pregnant woman. How dare she? And whatever. So each time some feud blossomed, The View got amazing ratings. The ratings went up 17% because of Rosie and because of these debates that they would have. But despite having a hit behind the scenes, people were not happy, specifically Rosie, who felt very much set up by the producers. And they never had her back when, say, she would say something and then Donald Trump would attack her in the show. They would be like, you should apologize to Donald Trump instead of defending her. Hmm. So Weasels. her childhood hero, Barbara Walters, falling in, in value in her mind because, hey, you're supposed to be my surrogate mother and you're not here protecting me. Never meet your heroes. You'll only be disappointed. That happened with a lot of people. A lot of former hosts of The View were sort of disappointed in Barbara after and having I am show. too. And she, I adore Barbara and Oprah as a kid. So it was really hard to hear these things. And Barbara has my birthday and... Uh, She let me down. Mm. Yeah, she should give it back. Yeah. (laughs) So this brings us to the date that I mentioned before, May 23rd, 2007. Mm -hmm. Who could forget it? I certainly can't. And you will not be able to after this segment. Absolutely not. So it starts off with Joy Behar, another panelist, bringing up a conversation about Al Gore and Jimmy Carter saying George W. Bush was the worst president in all history, in their opinion. Mm. And Joy kind of makes a list of all the terrible things George W. Bush has done. She's like... The way he handled Katrina, Abu Ghraib, he can't pronounce nuclear, and he choked on a pretzel one time. So it was like a serious conversation, but like not that serious. And she's like, clearly he's the worst. But Elizabeth can't help but be like, oh, you're wrong and blah, blah. Fake news. They start getting into it. And then Sherry Shepard is a guest at the time. Yeah. She is dumb as rocks she thinks the earth is flat so the rocks are all flat yes on the view oh sherry so they're all getting into it and rosie is sitting there not saying a word for four minutes because she was sick of having her words misconstrued by fox news every day her contract was up in three weeks she was just like i'm just gonna sit here collect my money and i'm not going to be on the nightly news tonight Mm -hmm. like you can say whatever you want but she couldn't help but say something in response to elizabeth calling Iraqis are enemies. Let's hear some of that. You just said our enemies in Iraq. Did yes. Iraq attack us? Iraq did not attack us, Rosie. We've been there before. Well, I'm you... saying our enemies, Al-Qaeda. Are you hearing that? If you're playing a game and I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to throw to my wide receiver, wide right, okay? Do you do that? I'm going to do it in two seconds. What does that do for your enemy? Well, you know what, Elizabeth? If the plan. enemy are innocent civilians, I don't want to play that kind of football. The enemy are not innocent Iraq civilians. Iraq didn't attack us! Spun in the media. Rosie, big, fat, lesbian, loud Rosie, attacks innocent, pure Christian Elizabeth. Yeah, and I'm not doing it. Let me do it. So for three weeks, you could say all the Republican crap you want. You I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to do it. It's much easier to fight someone like Donald Trump, isn't it? Because he's obnoxious. I've never fought him, but you are my friend yes. since September. Yes. Do you believe 
that I think our troops are terrorists. I and do. you would not even look me in the face, Elizabeth, and what say, no, about? Rosie. I can understand how I people might have thought that. Why don't you take this opportunity like I'm six? They're your thoughts. Defend your own insinuations. Since September? Yes. I have told you I support the I truth. I have done the same for you. I asked you if you believed what the Republican pundits were saying. Say yes? You said nothing, and that's cowardly. No, no, no. No, no, no. Nothing. That is not. Do not. Do not. Mm-hmm. Pretty intense. That's that heavy. Personal. That was bigger than the show. Oh, yes. So as you heard, things quickly escalated and turned into a pretty messy personal fight between friends. Or she thought hmm. Elizabeth was her friend. They were friendly colleagues. They were real housewife friends. They were like, yeah, yeah. you know, paid to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the reasons why I love this moment is because the curtain was pulled back from not just TV personalities talking about quote, hot topics, but actually like a real conversation that has to do with betrayal and politics and the fact that sometimes, you know, there's been a lot of conversations since the election of, oh, we should have the difficult conversations. Like Mm -hmm. you should go out and talk to a racist or something. And if some person's belief is founded in another person's oppression, you can't really talk your way around that. And so I feel like what was happening here is there was personal stuff going on, but also Elizabeth was so sticking to her points of like, we're in the Iraq war and you're unpatriotic for Mm. for saying anything critical about it. And Rosie was coming from a place of we have killed how many hundreds of thousands of innocent civilians. People in Iraq experiencing that probably think we're the terrorists. But it's so interesting hearing that because it's such like a relatable, recognizable moment of having a conversation with someone who you are close to, whether professionally or personally, Mm. and hearing some views probably political views, that you find really unpalatable. And you have no idea how to process that in a conversation. And it's just the fact that this conversation got broadcast to millions. Like you hear it and you're like, oh, I've heard that over a dinner table. I've heard that in the street, you know? The interesting part about this clip that we listened to is it sounds like Rosie was really passionate and really sort of like talking about what she believed in. And it struck me as Elizabeth sort of being really defensive. And you, like she was talking about football. Like, imagine. Mm. And I was like, what are you? I'm, where are we going with it's this? It's like engaged sport no. metaphor now. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, where are we going with and this? And it's like, war is not a game. Yeah, and just, the fact that you think it's a game shows, like, your privilege. Your, your privilege is showing. The, the, the thing that struck me was actually not knowing, and I will confess this, not knowing too much about Elizabeth Hasselbeck. That's fine. Um, <laughs> how much her audio style reminds me of a certain other blonde conservative who gets a lot of airtime. Kellyanne Conway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the same rhetorical <sighs> style. It's really interesting. It's like direct and evasive at the same time, which is some kind of incredible achievement. Yeah, it is. And yeah, I just, I it's kind all, of like... It's alternative conversation. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, I, I see that lineage and it's, or I hear it. It's really interesting. So without Elizabeth, maybe we would have never had a Kellyanne. Huh. Imagine that world. And so without Survivor, we would have never had an Elizabeth. There we go. So hey, oh, we've already talked about how problematic without, Survivor has we, been. We need to track this back. Without something else, we never would have had Survivor. Oh, the real world. Without oh, the real world, the, we would have never had But I need that survivor. in my life. I do need that in my life. So now <laughs> we stop it, we just stop it right there. Trace this right back, right Let's back. Let's go right back, back into time and pull the lever right there. Just <laughs> Deep time, guys. Come on. Whoa, get this. I just thought of this. <laughs> Mark Burnett, the creator of Survivor, uh-huh. is homeboys with Donald Trump and like a crazy conservative. Did he create The Apprentice as well? Yes. And without The Apprentice, Donald Trump would have never had the kind of platform that would launch him into a presidential campaign. So really it's Mark Burnett that we need to be having a conversation with. Yes. Okay. We figured it out. Or Mrs. Burnett, the mother. Yes. (laughs) She can grab by the ear. We're going to back to the future this. All the way back. Is this a baby Hitler situation? (laughs) Your words, Emmanuel, not mine. They could be mine. (laughs) 
I'll get into more of the nuances about this moment and what it means for our culture on KQD Pop. You can oh. find an article there. But just a little update on where these people are now. Rosie has gone on to do more stand-up and acting. Elizabeth moved over to Fox News, duh, where she said things like, quote, why has the Black Lives Matter movement not been classified yet as a hate group? Hmm. Um, she was eventually replaced by another young blonde. So she's, I don't know, at home right now. And in 2014, Rosie returned to The View as a co-host for a little bit of time. And Elizabeth did not take the high road when responding to how she felt about it. Quote, what could ruin a vacation more than to hear news like this? Talk about not securing the border. Here comes to the view the very woman who spit in the face of our military, spit in the face of her own network, and really in the face of a person who stood by her and had civilized debates for the time that I was there. I am happy to have um, hashtag momversation about why I would never defend her 2007 comments. Hashtag let freedom ring. Wow. I don't even I don't even care to respond. Yeah, there's nothing nope. to say. Nope. So just like Rosie in the beginning of that segment, just sit there, don't say anything, and just wait for the contract to expire because um, she can say all the crazy things she wants yeah. and there's just nothing to say in yeah. response. So in conclusion, never forget the 23rd of May, 2007. It's the begin the pick. Hey, the pee in the pit. Hey. You know what that song means. It's time for our peek in the pit. Hello. Our weekly look at recent highs and lows in pop culture. So who sucked this week, Emmanuel? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamija. You could say it like that. One group of people who sucked this week. UKIP? UKIP. Who are they? They are Oh gosh. Independence what's, what's party? A good synonym for cockroach. Um, <gasps> wow. Uh Cucaracha. <laughs> see. Um the most measured way of describing the UK Independence Party, uh formerly led by or maybe still, I don't know, Nigel Farage, you may have heard of him. That's all you had to say was that name and there I got, you got go. an idea. If you're looking for folks who don't want immigration and you know, think that people should all look a certain way, hmm. don't have to look too much further than you can. Well, I'm glad that you said that because in a pamphlet, manifesto, mission statement, whatever they released this week. A bit of toilet paper, probably. Mm -hmm. You could use it for that. They share their views on the hijab and why it's the worst. And they listed a few reasons, none of which were, were just racist and don't like that. But <laughs> that one was, of that them. That was in the footnote. That was yeah. the right. footnote. Just a bit of honesty, guys. <laughs> Come on. One of them was audacious and bold. They say, you know what? We want to ban them because... It prevents these women from getting an intake of the essential vitamin D oh from the God. sunlight. Like at this point, there's just so much BS. I don't know where your mouth is and where your asshole is. They're like, just what? they're the same. It looks same stuff coming out of both. It's just bollocks, straight up and down. <laughs> so to your question, who sucked this week? I would say them. Also, here's another sucky thing that happened. Do you know that Cash Me Outside girl? Oh, yeah. Yes. From oh. Dr. Phil. Was that Dr. Phil? Oh, for some reason I associated her with Maury, but even Maury was like, no. Okay, Dr. Phil. <laughs> so in case you listener don't know about this girl, she went on Dr. Phil, was rude to her mom, was rude to the audience, and said, Catch me outside, how about that? 
catch you outside? What does that mean? What I just said. Oh, so you want to take this outside? Because I think they can bring cameras outside. Sit down. Sit down. All right, then. So now she has 10 million Instagram followers. She is going on a tour where she's being paid $50,000 an evening, where she will lip sync, take questions, and then roast the audience. This sounds like that tour, quote-unquote, that Charlie Sheen went on. Mm. Right. Where people paid to see a man in the throes of a mental breakdown. And then she has an extensive tour writer, just like Mariah. She demands four star hotels or better, $750 per diem, just because, a 50-inch TV specifically with Netflix. And then this is a weird one, and I don't even know what this is. Not one, not two, but three fidget spinners. Oh, fidget spinners. So the kids are all about that right now. Are your kids all about it? Mm, No. Good. But kids in middle school. G has told me all about the kids at his school and how they've had to ban these things because they're so distracting in class. Well, I'm distracted by this tour writer and the fact that we aren't as famous as this random person Mm. who... Is famous for being rude to her mom. Is that the new Kardashian playbook? I guess so. Does so it come up? You just sex go, tape. Yeah. So what's your mom doing next week? We could just <laughs> take just her saying. on a show. I'm going to call Maury. We'll work something out. That clip-clopping sound you can hear is the fourth horseman of the apocalypse. <laughs> just making his way into the studio. Get in the bunker, guys. See you there. Before we head into the bunker, let's rise out of that pit mm. with the peak, which is an unnamed toddler who, like me, just wants to chill. Are you sad? You know, it's just I've been doing stuff for a lot of times and I want to chill sometimes. But there's no time to chill outside. What have you been doing? Playing this whole time and I want some time to chill with nobody. I also yes. want some time to chill with nobody. I, I can When you've relate. just been playing outside too much. She's the patron saint of self-care and I'm here for it. Yes. All the way. So the book of Diesel, the book of this toddler, whatever her name is, mm-hmm. it makes me speak in tongues. I'm into it. Life lessons. I would add another young child video onto that. It's the clumsiest segue ever. Let's do it. It's this gal who has the self-confidence that I've been trying to attain for my entire life. Chloe, what is on your face? Um, beauty. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Hello. I love that. Yeah. I actually, I too have a, <laughs> An inspirational video this, this week. But I don't know if you guys have seen the Snow White clip of the little girl who is just trying to enjoy her mac and cheese oh, yes. it's, at Disneyland. It's amazing. And Snow White is bippity-boppity-booing all around the restaurant, <laughs> talking and trying to engage with children. However, that child was not here for it. Mm-hmm. She wanted to have her meal. And instead of trying to be polite about it, she gave her the side eye and she continued her meal. And I just, I want to applaud her for that. Well, I loved that holy trinity of young children teaching us about life. Yes. I believe they are our future. Teach them well. And let them Vimeo or (laughs) Snapchat or whatever the new thing is. (sighs) It's time for our song of the week. And this week, Carly is going to hook us up with a Fast and Furious jam. I mean, I am deeply regretting this now. Because it's not like it's a good song. But since we were talking about my all-time favorite franchise, or one of them, Fast and the Furious, earlier, my favorite of the franchise is Furious 7, R.I.P. Paul Walker. And it does end with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel having one last drag race out into the sunset to the emotional strains of See You Again by Wiz Khalifa featuring Charlie Puth. (laughs) That's an unfortunate last name. (laughs) Let's quite literally ride out on it. Ooh, from from. It's been a long day without you, my friend. 
And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs for our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning of the show. Please subscribe on iTunes. Also rate us if you like us. If you don't, um, you never heard this. Until next week, find us on social media. I am Excuse My Beauty without the first D on Twitter. I am at Teacup in the Bay. I am at Jimmy Dresses. Follow us. Favorite our stuff. Retweet. Bye. Bye. Bye.